I think it's so interesting how many people. Hey! Not now. Put it down. Hi. Hey, baby. 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 Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 KB. KB. Mommy's recording an episode. Do you want to go in the bath? You might go in the bath if you keep playing. Can you give me like three minutes? Oh, you're so cute. I know. Three minutes. Uh, you want to go in the bath? Drop it. Good boy. Good boy. Okay, wait three minutes, okay? Go lay down for three minutes, then we'll play. Where was I? Oh. <laughs> Kai! Hey, 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 baby. Three minutes. I wish I wish you guys could see this. Hey, three minutes. I want I don't want to have to put you in the bath. Yo, bath time. Let's go in the bath. Okay, come on. Bath time. We're going to go in the bath. Let's go. Bath. <laughs> Drops the toy and goes immediately to hide under the bed. Three minutes, okay? And then we'll play. Okay. I <laughs> – let me start this over. I think it's really interesting. By the way, I love my dog so much. I play with him pretty much every hour of the day. So if it, that just sounded really mean, me telling him I didn't want to play, trust me, this is like the first time all day I've sat down and I haven't given him attention. So anyway, <laughs> he's looking out the window all dramatic now. I think it's really interesting that people that know me for a long time, people that don't know me for a long time, like new friends, old friends, I think it's really interesting that people tell me or think that I belong on the West Coast. Like so many people, when I make trips out to California to visit my sister or I'm home in Ocean City by the beach, so many people tell me like, you're such a West Coast girl. You're such a beach girl. You belong somewhere where it's sunny and it's warm. And I I, I think I'm that's like flattering, I guess. And maybe because it looks like I'm just really happy when I'm by the beach, which is so true. Anywhere near water, I'm just like so at peace, so calm, so happy. But I just came back from, what time is it? So we went out at, wow, we went out around 4.30. It's 5.20 right now. Kai and I went for a walk and it is Tuesday. I'm recording this in the middle of the snowstorm going on in Chicago right now. It has been snowing since this time yesterday. So there's a lot of snow on the ground. We went out this morning. We played at the park, but we just went for an almost an hour walk. And when I tell you I live in the most beautiful neighborhood in Chicago, I live in the most beautiful neighborhood in Chicago. I am so obsessed with the architecture in Chicago. Every apartment building, every home is different. You go down a neighborhood, I swear, there's no two houses that look alike. Everything is so beautiful in the snow. People's lights were on. Everyone was outside playing in the streets because my street isn't plowed yet. So I walked, Kai and I walked all the way down, 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 down our street, way past, way further than we were usually walk. We just kept walking and walking and Chicago in the winter, I don't, I'm not talking about the cold, but in the winter, in the middle of a snowstorm is the most beautiful city in the world. I absolutely love living here. I am so, it was one of those days where it was kind of, it was a weird day. I was going in and out of being happy and content between being sad and just like it was an off day. So I got myself up. I set Tokai. We were going for a long walk. We head out and instantly I felt so much better. It was one of those days where you just had to take an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it was to just do something that makes you happy. And that walk right there just reminded me of why I live in the city, why I love this city so much. So for all the people who think I belong in California, on the West Coast, by the beach, maybe one day. But right now, I am so dang happy living in this city. That, I mean, just walking, some, there's something about walking through the snow in the middle of a snowstorm. Like, close your eyes. Ready? Close your eyes. If you're driving, pull over, close your eyes. Stay with me. When you're walking through the snow, fresh coat of snow on the sidewalk or on the street, the crunch that you hear underneath your boots, this you can literally hear the sound of snowflakes falling, hitting the ground. There's just something about snow when it's snowing that the world around you is just so quiet. You can literally feel and hear every snowflake hitting the ground. It is the most peaceful 
thing and everything around you is so bright and happy and fluffy and airy and people are outside with their kids playing in their yards, people shoveling. I talked to like all of my neighbors, some of them I've never even met before. Everyone was out. Such good vibes in the middle of the snowstorm in Chicago. I am just so dang lucky. I wanted to come right inside after my walk and record this to just kind of remember this feeling because it was one of those days. You know when you have one of those days and you just feel super ungrateful and super sad for no reason? I was I woke up feeling that way. And in an instant, just doing one little thing that made me feel good, ugh, my whole entire mood switched. I had a wax at 5.30 also that I canceled because I wanted to keep walking longer and I'm so glad I canceled that. Uh, what a beautiful start to my week. I cannot wait to see what the rest of the week has in store for me. So with that being said, happy Thursday. You'll be hearing this on a Thursday. I hope you have fun weekend plans. I hope you have a nice and relaxing weekend. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Wellness for the Hot Mess. I will see you after. Wow. It is so cute. I recorded that intro for this episode 24 hours ago, not even, and I am already in such a different headspace. Isn't that crazy how that works? One day you can wake up feeling so good on top of the world, so at peace with everything going on in your life, and the next, it's a complete dumpster fire. (laughs) Man, I was going to sit down tonight and I had a whole theme laid out of what I wanted to talk about, some different topics I wanted to get into, some wellness topics, some health topics, some hot mess topics. But the moment I hit record, (laughs) I just kind of felt like talking off the cuff. That's the expression, right? Off the cuff tonight. This episode, (laughs) right away, I can already tell that I'm in such a weird mental space. And I'm going to be fully honest with you. That's why I started this podcast. i want others to be able to relate to experiences that I'm going through, to experiences that other people are going through that I've talked to. I want to bring all of that to the plate, but I'll, I will tell you something happened yesterday night at the end of my night that really, after my snow walk, of course, um, because I was in a really good spot for that, but, uh, something happened, an old friend of mine, I just saw something that put me in a funk and it put me in a weird mood. And ever since then, I wasn't able to really get out of it. And that's why when I sat down tonight, I kind of wanted to just talk (laughs) because I think so many of you can relate to this when I say recently, like really recently, like the last few days, not like weeks or months. I haven't been harboring on this for a while, but recently I have just been so tired. I am so fatigued with life and I I don't want this to sound like super emo or like sad, but if you can relate to that phrase that you are just so tired with life, this episode is going to be for you. I am trying my best every single day when I wake up every single morning. I stick to my routines. I do all of the things that make me feel good. Do they make me feel good? Yes. Pretty much 10 out of 10 times yes, but there will be those days when nothing works. And I feel like today is definitely one of those days. I had a work call today. There was so many things going on. If you live in Chicago and you ride at SoulCycle, you know that we're still not open yet because of the pandemic. Um, there have just been so many things like yesterday night sucked. I will be fully honest with you. There have been so many things that have just thrown me through a loop recently. And I had a great trip to California, hanging out with my sister. I've been on such a high recently, just like a high of high on life. I went out with a friend the other night and he told me, he was just like, you know, it's so interesting. You're always so positive and so happy. Like no matter what's going on in the world, you always look for the best in people, like telling me all these amazing things that I feel like I really have been embodying recently. It's kind of like 2020 gave me a new vision, I guess, a new lease on life. And I really wanted to step into this year with that mindset of just thinking the best of every situation. But the last few days have really fatigued me. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm sad. 
And I think it's just a combination of a lot of things that are going on in the world have really just caught up with me recently. Whether that's work or friendships or family or relationships or personal stuff on my own in my own head that I can't really figure out, I'm just really tired. And I don't know about you listening to this, but today was definitely one of those days where I was going through the motions. I was doing the things that make me usually feel good and it wasn't necessarily working. So instead of trying to push myself and to keep going, I called it a night. I grabbed some beer out of my fridge because guess what? I looked at my wine shelf and it was completely empty and all I wanted, I'm telling you, this is how this week is going. All I wanted was a glass of red all I wanted tonight. I just wanted to kick my feet up and have a glass of red wine and record a really dope episode. But this is what you're getting tonight, people. This is raw, unfiltered madness. So here we are. Um, I guess where I wanted to go with this episode now that I've just been rambling emotionally for the last five minutes is what I do on days like today how I recover, what I do when it happens, walking you through that, because I know there are so many people that come to me or friends and I that have discussions about days where you just feel like you're really in a funk and it's almost annoying to have somebody talk to you about getting out of that funk. Like they tell you just, you know, be happy or be positive. You know, this too shall pass those like silly little sayings. And this all circles back to, I think a topic that I podcaster, a fellow podcaster, I guess you could say, one of my favorite podcasts I listen to, The Bitch Bible, Jackie Schimmel, she actually went into an entire rant on one of her episodes about toxic positivity. And if you've never heard of the term toxic positivity, I just want to speak about it shortly. Um, I can't even speak tonight. I just want to speak about it shortly. (laughs) I just want to touch on this topic quickly of toxic positivity. Basically, toxic positivity is when you kind of put a band-aid over all of your sadness and you basically cover it up with like a home goods pillow saying. So when I say that, I mean, you know, those pillows or those frame pictures at home goods that are just like smile or everything is sunshine, good vibes only, like taking one of those sayings, taking that mindset and just basically putting a band-aid on all of your problems or all of your anxieties or hurt, whatever it may be. And then just going from there. And essentially what toxic positivity does is it just pushes down so much of your feelings that you're suppressing because you just keep covering them and covering them with band-aids. And the moment you feel sad, it's just like you got you to gotta switch real quick back to happy, even if that means covering it up and not taking the necessary steps to actually feel happy again. It's kind of just like being fake to yourself, I guess. Um, and I really felt that way today because I was really busy this morning and I had some meetings this afternoon. And then I went out to do some things this afternoon that usually I love doing and really fill me up. And I kept saying over and over in my head, I was like, be grateful, Kristen, like be positive. Stop. You're being so ungrateful. You're being so negative. And I think that's what happened to me tonight is it finally caught up with me. When I do try to cover up all of these feelings with band-aids, what happens is you explode and you feel worse. So two episodes ago when I talked about finding purpose, I mentioned sitting in your feelings when you're not feeling your best self, really sitting through those emotions and working through them and not just like, again, putting a bandaid over them and covering them up. And I really, really wanted to reiterate that again today is when you are having bad days, when you don't have your stuff together, when you order takeout for all three meals, or you sit on your booty all day and you watch Netflix, sit in those feelings. Stop trying to cover it up with a band-aid because what happens is you're pushing everything down and it's just going to explode on yourself. It's going to explode on a friend, on a loved one, in a relationship. You're going to take it out on someone sooner or later. So really start to learn to sit in those feelings because I don't want to scare you and I don't want to be like a negative Nancy, but this pandemic is not just going to go away tomorrow. And all of the issues that are going on in politics are not just going to be solved tomorrow. And that relationship that is on the rocks and you have, don't have great communication with them and you're fighting a lot and maybe it's uncomfortable to be around that person. That's not all going to just solve itself tomorrow. Or maybe that family member you haven't talked to in a really long time. That's not just going to solve itself tomorrow. If you just put a bandaid over it. So what happens when we feel this way? We need to work and sit in the emotions. How can we do that? 
you make it sound so easy, Kristen, to just sit in the emotions, but what does that mean? So one thing that has helped me, I think I said this on the first episode, was distracting myself sometimes where I'm sitting in the emotion. I feel it. I recognize what's going on. And then when I feel like I've sat in it enough, when I feel like maybe I've cried it out or I've just kind of thought about what's going on in my head, when I hit that point of, okay, I don't really want to be thinking about this anymore, that's kind of like my mindset's cue of saying, you've worked through those, now it's time to move past it. When I say distract, I mean move past it. So I would do things like FaceTime my mom or call a friend or go for a walk or a run, whatever it may be. And I'm starting to also learn how important it is to be really mindful in these situations. And you've probably heard that saying before, whether you know about mindfulness or not. Growing up, like teachers, I vividly remember teachers always telling us to be mindful, like be mindful of your surroundings or people around you, be mindful to your classmates. I always remember hearing that growing up and I never really knew what it meant until I got into the health and wellness space. It's just being mindful of you, yourself, your actions So mindfulness is essentially bringing all of your attention to the present moment. I talk a lot about in my Embody Method group course, I talk a lot about mindful eating and mindful movement, which I can get into further into further detail on other episodes. But I'm just talking about when you're kind of feeling in a funk like I was in the beginning of this episode or when you're just exhausted and it just seems like day after day, nothing's getting better. Stop. Ask yourself, Are you being mindful? Are you really living in the moment? Or are you thinking about something else which is making you feel this way? For me, 10 out of 10 times when I get into these funks, when I start to spiral a little bit into a hot mess, I'm thinking about either the past or the future. So today it really was a lot to do with the future and my work and where I'm going with my career and relationships and friendships and where I want to be in five years and like all of those questions that we find ourselves stressing over for no reason. I feel like all of that was kind of cluttering my head today. What's the next best move for me? Like what's next for me? Where am I going? Who am I going to be with? All of those things that literally like just now I just brought chills to my spine because those are the things that give me a lot of anxiety. So I have to start recognizing where I need to be mindful and I am not at all perfect with this. So I don't want you to listen to this podcast and be like, wow, like she just makes it sound so easy. Why can't I do it? I am still, as you could tell from the beginning of this episode, I am still so struggling with something as simple as being mindful. So what I do to kind of bring myself back to the present moment is I will literally stop myself in my train of thoughts and bring myself to the present moment. So I was how how this all kind of happened was I just came back from a walk with Kai and I felt myself spiraling a little bit and I was getting really overwhelmed and anxious and I'm just walking my dog like there's no reason to feel that way but it was all the thoughts going on in my head about what's tomorrow what's next week what's next month I had to physically stop myself so I stopped walking with Kai I took my earbud out of my ear because I was listening to music I closed my eyes. I took a deep breath in through my nose. I smelled the fresh air and what was going on around me. I opened my ears. I started to listen for the sounds going on around me. And I just stood there for at least 30 seconds. And I probably looked like a crazy person. But that's like what it takes to snap me out of it and to be super mindful in the moment and to really be present and to really be practicing mindfulness is I had to physically stop myself. So it's little things like that that you can do when you start to feel sudden urges of anxiety come on or those crazy thoughts where you know you're thinking about next week or you're thinking about last year or how you could have changed something you said to someone and things would be different stop yourself physically that's like step number 1 really take in your surroundings what's going on around you how are you feeling why did these thoughts come up just asking yourself those questions and literally picking out when you open your eyes picking out things around you to focus on so when I opened my eyes and I was walking with Kai, there was a house that was a little bit in front of us, in, ahead of us that had these really nice lights out front and, you know, it's snowing in Chicago, so it looks really pretty. And I just kind of focused on that. And I took in the scenery of the house and I was looking around my block and taking in what was going on around me. There were so many people out for walks and I was looking in people's, this is so creepy, but I was looking in people's windows and I was seeing, you know, there was... Um, this one couple that was sitting down for dinner and it just was like so sweet. That is so creepy now that I say that out loud. 
But anyway, it was just picking out little things in that moment to bring me right there on that walk instead of panicking about whatever I was panicking about. And that really helped to bring me to the present moment. And that was something, and that's something I do all the time. It's just like really stopping like physically and being like, yo, no, you're not there where you are in your head. You're right here in the moment. Who's around you? What's around you? What can you hear? What can you see? What can you smell? So mindful eating is all about using the five senses, like I just said. Taste, touch, smell, um, texture. What's the other one? Oh, what you see, right? I guess I just covered all five. But that's basically what mindful eating is. And like I said, I can get into that more in depth on another episode. But that's what you have to do to be mindful in the moment is really using the five senses to bring yourself back and to stop and get out of that panic mode, right? So that's kind of where I've been at (laughs) a little life update. But if you've been feeling super heavy and you're just questioning all of the time, like when is this going to end? When are things going to go back to normal? Help, mom, pick me up, I'm scared. Like (laughs) those are all things that constantly run through my mind. If that's you too, you are not alone. Trust me when I say that and I know you've heard that before and I know sometimes it really feels like you are, but you are not alone. We are all in this together. And yes, I see it. It's a little pinpoint. It's a little dot. It's a little light at the end of the tunnel, but it's there. And whether we're six months away from that or a year away from that, it's still there. And I want you to focus on that light. So when you find yourself thinking about the future and panicking or having anxiety, stop. Be mindful of what's going on. Start to practice bringing your brain back into the present situation. Start to practice mindset shifts bringing your mindset back to where you are right now, looking around, picking out three things you can be grateful for, and then focus on that little light ahead of you. Okay, that's it. I'm done being sad for now. (laughs) Hello, it's me interrupting. This is not a sponsored ad. (laughs) I don't even have those. Um, This is me chiming in for literally 30 seconds to tell you if you live in the greater Chicago area, you should come with me every Wednesday at 1 p.m. I volunteer my time for about two and a half, three hours at the Greater Chicago Food Depository. The Greater Chicago Food Depository works with Feeding America. They also help to provide, they're basically the central hub for providing all food to different food banks throughout Chicago, as well as shelters. They are the main spot that gets it done. So every Wednesday, I stop by, I donate my time, my energy, my effort to help the greater Chicago food depository, because I am a firm, firm, firm believer that no person, no child, no adult should ever go hungry. How much energy it takes throughout our day, how awful and tired and groggy we feel when we don't have our three meals, how grateful we are that we do get to have our three meals. What a difference you could make in someone's life if you just donated two and a half to three hours every week with me at the Greater Chicago Food Depository. It's a great time. There's music. It's fun. You get to give back and also feel good while helping people in your own community. You might not even know that you could be helping a neighbor or someone super close to you. So help me donate time, come to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. All you have to do is go to their website, sign up for a volunteer position. That's it. Boom. I'll see you there. All right, let's do it. We've learned a little bit about mindfulness. I touched on how I practice mindfulness when I get super upset about things or whatever's going on in my life. And what I wanted to talk about actually tonight was dun, 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 grief. (laughs) This isn't going to be super sad. Trust me. I promise. I already got all my emotions out in the first 15 minutes of this episode. And I just cracked open a Lagunitas Hazy Wonder, my favorite daytime drink. (laughs) Lagunitas. If any of you working there listening to this podcast, I've been on your tasting tour upwards of 10 plus times. I know everything about your brewery. I know everything about every single one of your beers. If you ever are looking to sponsor any podcast, let it be this one. If anyone listening to this knows anybody who works at Lagunitas, hook a sister up. That would be wonderful. So anyway, I just cracked open a hazy wander. I'm ready to go. So why are we talking about grief today? And what the heck does that have to do with wellness, with anything holistic health? Okay. So I think it's really, 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 really important. And this is something that I learned like head on this summer, 
dealing with grief and grief means so much more than just the death of something, right? So when we think of grief, we automatically think of someone dying, something really tragic. When we experience grief, it's obviously a very uncomfortable feeling, but I kind of want to help to reframe that a little bit because I don't think all grief is bad grief. Does it hurt in the moment? Absolutely. Can you learn from it and grow from it? Absolutely. (laughs) So I don't want to talk about death tonight. I don't think I'm mentally capable to dive into all about grief and death. I will leave that for your therapist to talk to about that. Uh, But I wanted to talk a little bit about grief when it comes to mourning something that didn't die or mourning a person or a relationship or a job or a lifestyle, I guess you could say, that didn't die, but it's no longer a part of your everyday routine. Because what we talked about in the purpose episode, if you haven't listened to that, my first episode of Wellness for the Hot Mess, we talked about finding your purpose. And a lot of that had to do with routines and sticking to a good routine and how I've been working my way through COVID and being okay, you know, and not being okay, I definitely haven't been okay, but making myself feel somewhat normal that I have purpose. A lot of that was sticking to a good routine. So what happens when all of that is thrown out of whack? Or what happens when you are grieving a friendship or a relationship or your lifestyle? Lifestyle is huge because what happened when COVID hit? Everything stopped. Everything changed. Literally everything changed. If your day-to-day remained the same, I mean, I don't even think I was going to say maybe you're a health care worker, but not even their day-to-days remain the same. Your entire life was shaken up in the matter of 24 hours. The moment that the world shut down, holy crap. And yeah, COVID was fun for the first, I mean, and I don't mean the disease itself, but lockdown from COVID. It was fun for the first few weeks. You know, it was a nice little vacation, stepping away from work for everybody. We got to spend more time with family, with friends, with loved ones. There was a lot of, I guess, shifts going on, a lot of big revelations for people because they were able to spend so much time at home or together. But then all of a sudden it was what week, like six, seven, eight, summer was approaching. And then the end of summer was approaching and things were still not quote unquote normal. And then we really started to grieve once winter hit, because if you live anywhere that you get like a cold winter, like the Midwest, like Chicago or the East coast, you really started to grieve once winter hit because it was like, okay, it was fun and it was summer and it was okay that I wasn't at work. But now that I'm inside again and it's cold and it's dark by four o'clock, like, oh no, I don't think I can do this. I want my old life back now. So I think a lot of us are really trying to process the grief that comes with saying goodbye to our old routines. And I... I mean, I still struggle with it. I don't think I fully detached from the routine I was in a year ago to now, whether that's the places, the people I saw, the things I did. I really don't think I've processed that grief at all. And I'm still working through it. And I still fall asleep and have, this is really sad, but I do still fall asleep and have dreams. And, you know, I think that I'm living the life I was living a year ago and I'm in the same routine and, you know, doing the same things. And it's really hard for us to process that life may not ever be the same again. And I don't want to say that to scare you. I'm not trying to freak you out or give you anxiety. I'm trying to help bring yourself and myself to peace and to terms with that life may not go back to exactly how it was before. So how can we adapt and how can we process this grief so we can move on? You know, the thought of losing something that you love is so unbearable, but for millions of people each year, you know, they grieve death and they grieve losing someone close to them. So it is an emotion that we all face at one time or another in our lives, and it's completely natural. So that's step one to processing grief. So when you think about what you're missing out on because of what's happened because of the pandemic, or you think about someone you're missing and you start to grieve them, tell yourself that's normal and that's okay. However, being natural and making it normal doesn't mean that it's easy, right? We may never truly get over the loss of a loved one, whether that's death or friendship or relationship, but there are absolutely steps that we can take to process grief 
and make our lives a little bit easier. And that's what this is all about, the point of this episode. I don't want you to get sad. I don't want you to get upset. I don't want you to be like, Kristen, you know, you just gave me severe anxiety as I was driving into work. No, I want I want you to understand that it's okay to feel like sad about what's going on in the world and to process these emotions, however you may, but I want to give you the steps on how to help you move past this grief. So when the world does start to go a little bit back towards normal, you feel okay shifting again because you're starting to work yourself into a winter routine. So whether you live somewhere that's warm or cold, you're shifting into a new routine as the seasons change. Cause if your work's still not open or if you're working from home or things are still different, you're shifting into a new routine, whether you know it or not. And when the world does start to get semi back to normal, you're going to be shifting into another routine. So things are going to be changing a lot. I think it's important we understand that we're not going to be stagnant from here on out. There's going to be a lot of changes, whether that is with COVID or with your job or with friendships or with relationships. We are not out of the woods yet. And there are going to be more shifts. And whether that's a shift from the ways of staying at home and being you know, quarantined and being in your routine to going back to everyday life, how it was before. Yes. That's a positive. That's exciting. We can go out again. We don't have to wear masks eventually one day, hopefully that's exciting, but there may still be a piece of you that begins to grieve then your old life, the life where you got to stay in sweatpants and be, you know, quarantined with your favorite person or with your family or spending more time with your kids. There's going to be a part of you that eventually does grieve that old life, even though you're moving into something more positive. So I want you to use these tools, these tips, these tricks to move through that when that does come to you. And you can use them absolutely now if you're stuck in a space of grief. And this can go for anything, not just your life right now, not just death, but it can go for grieving a past relationship or a friendship or a job. You know, if you lost your job this pandemic or you quit a job or you left a job or you were fired from a job, we grieve those things just as much as we grieve you know, the death of someone, it just feels a little bit different and it looks a little bit different. So what have I been doing? And I love this podcast because I think as it evolves, I'm going to be trying more and more things so you don't have to do them. So I can tell you if they work or not to my own personal experience. So I think that's pretty cool. But what are some things that I've been doing since I started to notice myself grieving over my past life? And this has been for months now. This isn't something I just started doing yesterday. And I'm like, oh, it works because things don't always work right away. It does. It takes time. You know, we all know that, especially in health and wellness, whether you're losing weight or you're trying a new diet or you're eating different foods, it takes time to adjust. So I want you to remember that if you start to integrate these things into your routine, it's not just going to happen overnight. I've been doing these for months. so. The first thing that I found most effective when it comes to processing grief and to making myself feel better in the moment, especially in moments that I am feeling very overwhelmed with grief and sadness, this is going to be really interesting, but yoga and stretching. So this is a very, very, very interesting topic. And I hope, I really hope you try this when the next time you experience sadness or any forms of negative emotions. Our, I don't want to butcher this, so I'm going to Google it real quick. Okay, yes. Yeah, okay. So this is so crazy, but there is a very profound scientific link between our hips, our hips, you heard me say that right, like your hips, right where your booty is, and your emotions. Isn't this so crazy? So when this is what happens, think of a time when you're angry or you're upset at somebody or you're mad at somebody or you're driving and somebody cuts you up, cuts you off. Sorry, not cuts you up, <laughs> cuts you off. Your unconscious retain your, what happens in your brain and your unconscious state, something will clench up. Usually it being your jaw, whether you know it or not. When I teach soul cycle, the first thing I say in class is to let your tongue melt from the roof of your mouth because a lot of people coming into a fitness class, there's a strategy behind us instructors. We got you. But a lot of people coming into a fitness class are running from their car. You know, it's a stressful thing to be late to. If you're late to a fitness class, you're not allowed in. It's a stressful process. We are leaving the rush of our day to take away 45 minutes to work out. Sometimes we don't want to work out. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anger when it comes to shifting routines, things like that. So when I teach, the first thing I say when I press song one is, if the tongue is at the roof of your mouth, let it go unclench your jaw. 
you know, relax your face, soften your cheeks. That's what happens when our emotions of anger or sadness, we unintentionally clench our jaw. And I bet if you are sitting there right now, and I started to talk about this, you opened your mouth a little bit and you noticed that, oh my God, I was clenching my jaw, right? So the same exact thing happens. The clenching happens in your hips when we feel threatened, when we hear bad news, cough, cough, the pandemic, when we, I was going to make a, I was going to make a Trump joke, but I will refrain. Um, um, the same thing happens though. It's like fight or flight for our body, uh, emotional stress, trauma, bad news, all of those things, no matter how you experience it, that hap- all the, 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 the emotions from those things, I'm sorry, now I'm distracted. <laughs> the same action of clenching happens in our hips, which is so crazy interesting. So I want you after this episode or right now, as you're listening to Google some hip stretches, some hip opener stretches. I like to do, if you're familiar with yoga, I like to do pigeon pose. I will hold pigeon on my right leg and then my left leg. I'll hold that for like five minutes every morning as I write in my journal or scroll through social media or drink my coffee. When you release your hips, oh my gosh, it is the weirdest feeling, but you almost feel like a new person. I will do hip stretches. I'll do the pigeon pose. I'll Google new hip stretches when I'm feeling super overwhelmed or uncomfortable or sad or anxious. When those muscles release, oh my gosh, it is like the best feeling in the world. And it's also a cognitive emotion. So like I said, the having that fight or flight or feeling threatened or hearing bad news, all of that response in our brain goes automatically to our hips. So there is a little bit of a cognitive emotion release. Oh my goodness. This is the best, right? So I'm reading right now about these hip stretches. And the first thing it says is this unconscious tension can be held from one traumatic event or lots of little events where stress or feeling like sadness, fear, and worry are stored, and those emotions can get stuck in your hips. No matter how you say it, stretching the hip muscles can cause a release and allow stored emotion to melt away. Oh my gosh, say it again and again and again. Whether you're a guy, you're a girl, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a grandma, you're a grandpa, try stretching your hips when you feel very overwhelmed or you feel that grief or that sadness If you're watching the news, I highly recommend stretching during that. You will feel this release of tension and emotion, and it's almost like your slate has been wiped clean. Yoga and stretching in general obviously is great for grief because it is bringing your body down from that high of all those emotions you're experiencing. It's forcing you to breathe. It allows you to soothe your mind and yourself and your mental state at the same time. And it's also a great physical activity. As you know, yoga and stretching are just as important as working out and sweating a ton. So releasing that pent-up stress and anxiety, please trust me on these things when I say they've not only worked for me, but they've worked for clients I work with or friends that I recommend to. Oh my goodness, try it out and let me know. The second thing... Oh man, I'm laughing because my mom's going to get a kick out of this one. Um, The second thing that has helped me, and I am ranking these in order of the things that have helped me the most. So number one, the thing that has helped me the most to deal with grief and stress, obviously was the stretching, but (laughs) the second thing that's helped me has been essential oils. (laughs) This is so funny because my mom is an essential oil lady. She sells those doTERRA oils and my sisters, if they listen to this, are going to laugh too. By the way, my younger sister doesn't listen to these episodes, so I can say it because she doesn't listen. How insane is that? That my own family, my own blood, my own childhood best friend, whatever, it's one day. You know, it's almost better that she doesn't because I don't want to hear her feedback anyway. So I digress. Um, Essential oils have helped me a ton. And I always used to laugh and joke around with my mom when we would have like a pimple on our face or a stomach ache. She would always have an oil for that. She would have an oil for anything, any life event we were going through. She actually gave me this oil. I'm pulling it out right now so I don't get it wrong. um, From doTERRA called 
slim and sassy and I put it in my water and I've actually really been enjoying it. And I don't know if it makes me slim nor sassy, but I like the taste of it. So I've really been on an essential oil train and I'll tell you how I use it. I tend to put the oils in an oil diffuser in the morning and I'll turn that on as I'm doing my morning routine. And I've also started to integrate, and my mom is going to get such a kick out of this because I try to deny that the oils work because I don't want to give her the satisfaction because she's like this crazy essential oil lady now. But I have started to um, rub oils on my skin. I will Google, you know, new places that you can rub oils. I know there's like, for example, when I, hold on, I just got super distracted by now I'm reading the doTERRA label. And as I type in on Google rubbing oil, the first thing that comes up is what my mom would do for our pimples. That's crazy. Um, but what I do is I will take an essential oil, something that I like um, for sleeping, whether that's lavender, you know, whatever it is for you, a scent that calms you down. Usually it's lavender, um, but I will rub essential oil on my feet, on the bottom of my feet. It's really interesting and it's very therapeutic and it helps me calm down from the day. But that is something I've noticed that has shifted me in my sleep instead of having like creepy, weird nightmares about what's going on in the world or just, you know, having a stressful night's sleep instead of sleeping through the night. The oils have helped so much. Oh my goodness gracious. They really have. I've also read online before that essential oils help with um, heart rate and blood pressure because they really are calming the nervous system. You know, when you inhale those scents, they do bring you down and they bring you to a sense of calm that I can only imagine it does help someone who has high blood pressure or anxiety. Um, and they really do each have their own purpose. So if you're looking for something for pimples or stomach aches, like I said, you shouldn't just take whatever oil you find on TJ Maxx shelf, do your research, see what oil is used for what purpose and go from there. I really love these for when it comes to grief and processing grief because I think it's almost like the stretching. It brings my mind and my body to a new place and it kind of brings me down a little bit and helps me release those emotions. But it also does help to just kind of like soothe me and start my day off on a really good foot, on like a calm foot instead of being all stressed and like a literal rubber band that's about to snap, I start my mornings definitely on a calmer note now that I've begun to integrate essential oils. So <laughs> there's that. Okay. The third thing that has helped me, and I totally understand that this is not feasible for everybody. If you are somebody who can add this into your routine, I highly recommend it. If you are somebody who can't this is not a make or break thing, but this is just something that has helped me immensely in so many ways. Acupuncture, sticking needles in your skin and laying there for 45 minutes with those needles in. Ooh, baby. I first started going to acupuncture when I was, when I found out last two years ago that I had Lyme disease. Um, and I would love, absolutely love to do a separate episode on all the things that I have tried my own experiences with Lyme, um, I pretty much have it at bay nowadays and I have it very under control. There are some days that I will notice some flare-ups, whether that's the form of just, you know, all over fatigue or body aches. Um, I kind of know it by now when I was in California, I think there was a few days there where I was experiencing like crazy, crazy migraines, um, that I think had to do with the Lyme. It's really tricky to tell. But I digress. I will do a separate episode on the things that have helped with that. But I started doing acupuncture because I researched two years ago that that was something that helped people with Lyme disease. It helps to flush your liver and to kind of reset your body. And there are different, obviously, if you've read into acupuncture, there are different pressure points on your body. And when you activate those pressure points, they help your body in a different way. So like the best way I can, ex I can explain this is, when I had really bad, I don't want to butcher this. So if you're someone who does acupuncture, please like message me if I'm so wrong, but I was having really bad back pain at one point, And I told my acupuncturist that, and she was doing pinpoints in my hand. Um, because there's a set, there's a, a point and they know all of these points. There's a special point in your hand that when she put it in and she told me to wiggle my hips, I automatically felt like a fire sensation go to my lower back. It was crazy. 
Um, so I started to learn once I was going to acupuncture to settle the um, side effects of Lyme disease. She, my acupuncturist would also ask other things that I wanted to help. So she would say, you know, aside from the Lyme, what else are you dealing with on your day-to-day? What can we help in this session? And a lot of the times it was sleep or stress or anxiety. And as I got back into my acupuncture routine, once they opened up again this summer, I, you know, was talking to my acupuncturist about kind of like a little bit of anxiety from not having my normal life, how things were last year. You know, and she mentioned to me that acupuncture can be a great thing for grief. Exactly what we're talking about now is grieving a past life or just dealing with grief on a daily basis, whether that's watching the news and seeing, you know, what's going on in the world or grieving a past, you know, lifestyle or friendship, whatever it may be. So acupuncture has been something that has helped me tremendously. And I'm very, very lucky, not for long because I turned 26 in a month, but I'm very, very lucky to still be on my parents' health insurance. And I'm very, very lucky that the acupuncture place I go to works with that insurance. So I do go once a week and I like dreading the day I turned 26. But this has been something that has been a huge game changer for me to reset my mood, to help specific points in my body. Um, And it's just kind of been like an overall huge stress relief. Like you walk out of those sessions feeling like a brand new person. So if you, and it's, I know you know, I know acupuncture is not crazy expensive and I think there are some places who will absolutely just do, and I know a lot of places depend on how many needles they use. So if you tell them your budget, I think maybe they could work in with that. I could be very wrong, but if this is something that you think could help you, or if you want to try it, I recommend just starting like once a month or once every two months, whatever it is, you don't have to go once a week. Like I do. Um, one session helps so much and I see and feel the benefits for so long after I'm just using up all of these sessions while I can while I'm still on my parents' health insurance. That's why I go once a week. But um, if it's something you want to try, I recommend seeing an acupuncturist and really, you know, taking notes and being super in detail with what's going on in your life because you have no idea the benefits that Chinese medicine can help. And I always used to think that this stuff was crazy and it didn't really work until I did it. And now I'm a believer. So if you are dealing with things like super random, but like bloating or acne or back pain, all of those things can be helped with acupuncture. So it's not just grief and emotional things like anxiety and depression and sadness, but physical ailments as well. Um, if you notice that you are, let's say waking up in the middle of the night at like 3am every single morning, I learned this from acupuncture, but that could be a liver problem. Maybe your liver's having trouble detoxing something. And 3 and 4 a.m. are the time of night. Usually when you're in your REM cycle, if you fall asleep at the average person does around what? Between like 9 and 11. That's when your body is kind of finishing through that cycle. And that's when your liver is trying to detox. So some really interesting things from acupuncture that you can find out and that you can treat and help when it comes to physical ailments, as well as emotional ailments, which I think is super, super interesting. Okay. So the next thing that has helped me a ton with dealing with grief and, you know, working through the emotions that have been a COVID world, this one's pretty obvious, I think. And you're going to be like, Oh, I could have told you that, but exercise. So a lack of motivation is one of the most difficult things to overcome when we suffer from grief, right? So whether that is death or, you know, moving somewhere or being uncomfortable or depression, anxiety, whatever it is, we become very unmotivated. Grief swallows us up whole. It keeps us trapped inside. Some days it feels like we don't leave our house for weeks on end. The blinds are always closed. It's dark in our apartment. All of that is like the perfect recipe for lack of motivation. So why is exercise so important then? Because we're not trying to move our body to look a specific way, but we're moving our body to feel a specific way. And why does exercise make us feel a specific way? (laughs) Well, because endorphins, as Elle Wood said, endorphins, when people are happy, people don't kill people, right? (laughs) When you exercise and you release endorphins, you're happy. That's just, it's what's going to happen. And I don't care how much you don't like exercise. Stop lying to yourself. You feel better after you do it. I don't care. Stop making up excuses. We want it. Oh, 
I thought my dog was just about to bark. We want to make up these excuses so bad that exercise just makes us feel worse and that makes us feel more tired and that's why we skip it and we don't do it or we'll get to it tomorrow or next week. No, stop, enough. If you are really in a funk place and your brain's not right and you're feeling anxious and sad and tired and all of those things that come along with grief, move your body, go for a walk, go for a run, do a quick 10 minute hit session that you found on YouTube in your living room, hop on your stationary bike. If you have one, I don't care what it is, move your body. Endorphins are released when we move our body and endorphins not only make us happy, but they also help to reduce our perception of pain, both mental and physical. So it not only improves the mood, but It also just helps us feel better. It helps us feel less pain. A lot of the times when I am really in one of those funks, I'll hop on like the the bike I have at home. I'll put on my music or I'll put on the SoulCycle class through the Varus app. (laughs) There you go, dropping my brand left and right. (laughs) But um, I'll put on a class and I almost forget after what I was even sad about in the first place. You know, I think I've said this before, but it's almost like when you move through your routine or you do those things that make you really happy, it's almost such a shift that you forget why you were sad in the first place. So like when it comes to COVID, I know things are starting to open back up, but if all you have is a walk in the middle of your day, do it. You're going to feel so much better and you're going to feel accomplished. And when we feel accomplished, that helps things like grief because it's giving us something to look forward into and something that we're proud of that we did. So exercise get those endorphins going and feel good about yourself and stop using the excuse that exercise makes you feel worse because that's such a lie. Stop lying to yourself, please. I did it for years. Exercise doesn't mean that you have to be dripping in sweat for it to count. If you go for a 10-minute walk that's moving your body, that's releasing endorphins, and I pinky promise you will feel better. And if you don't, you can direct message me on Instagram and rip me a new one. I don't care. I really don't care because I know you'll feel better. (laughs) Okay. And the last, the last key point (laughs) that I wanted to kind of touch on that has to do with helping grief and things that have helped me with grief is building a little bit of self compassion. You're going to be like, what does that mean? Kristen, you're getting all woo-woo on us and all spiritual. Building some self-compassion along with forgiveness. So when I say building self-compassion and forgiveness, we go through a journey when it comes to grief and depression. You can probably relate this to losing a loved one or losing a job or a friend or a partner, going through a breakup even. There are specific steps that we go through on a healing journey Um, and grief and loss teach us, I think, that we have to be really self-compassionate with ourselves above all else. So if you're not, you know, showing yourself compassion or you're not forgiving yourself for the way you feel, you're never going to be able to move past those things. So this kind of goes with um, what I talked about sitting in emotions But building self-compassion basically is just like accepting that things are okay the way they are and that things will change if you take the steps that, you know, are necessary for your change and that make you feel better. Um, So it just, it really involves being aware of your own pain and suffering and like actually understanding that yes, things are hard and things suck right now, but this is also normal. So that's kind of what self-compassion is. It's directing your feelings of kindness towards yourself. So you know when you care about someone, you care about a family member or a friend and you hate when they're sad and you'll do anything to see them smile and you'll do anything to make them happy. Being self-compassionate when you're dealing with grief means doing all of those things for yourself. So a good way to look at this and to understand this is to think of a friend or think of a sibling or a family member or a loved one or a stranger Honestly, when you see strangers upset, that doesn't make you feel good either. Think of someone very close to you that when they are hurting, think of what you would do for them when they're hurting. Think of how you would help them feel happier or feel better. Maybe like take a moment right now and make a list, like write down the things you do for a friend when they're going through a breakup or the things you do for a friend when they lose a loved one or they're just really sad and they can't get out of the funk. What are some things you do? Now I want you to twist that list on yourself. 
How can you start to do these things for yourself? Right? You know, how can we be more self-compassionate? How can we forgive ourselves? How can we understand that it's okay to be sad? It's normal. It's very, very normal. By the way, get off social media because you're not going to find much sadness there, right? That's like the highlight reel of everybody's life. So if being self-compassionate means scrolling on Instagram, I would maybe think of something else because you're probably not going to feel better after that because that's where we get stuck in that comparison of why does everyone else look happier than us? So how can you find your own ways of being self-compassionate to bring you out of a funk or state of grief? Because we're all on a journey. It's corny, I know, but we are all on this journey of life. We are all going the right way. Everything happens for a reason. I firmly believe in the butterfly effect. One thing affects another. One choice affects another. Where you are right now is where you're meant to be. All of those corny sayings, yes, they're true. But you have to start accepting it somehow, right? The relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you will have in your entire life. Who do you go to bed with each night? no matter what. Who do you wake up with each morning? No matter what. Who is always there for you through the grief, through the struggle, through the happiness, through the celebrations, through the drunk nights out, through the drunk nights in? When I'm already, little did you guys know, I've just cracked open my third beer. When I'm on my third beer, who is always with you? I hope you're pointing to yourself because that's you, right? You have to cultivate a very compassionate and forgiving relationship with yourself or you will always struggle with grief and sadness, anxiety, depression. We have to start showing ourselves compassion and being okay with that. You have to start loving yourself because you're going to drive yourself insane the further we get into this pandemic or the further things still change and they don't go back to normal. You will drive yourself insane because you're only going to be looking through a filter of what if or how things used to be. It's going to be a skewed view of like what this perfect world should be and how you should feel. You got to stop doing all those things and you just got to start loving yourself first. I'm about to drop a really crazy Rupee Car quote on you, the poet, Rupee, the bomb. You see her all over Instagram. How you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. So if you aren't showing up for yourself every day, if you're not showing yourself compassion or forgiveness, how can you expect the world around you to do that too? And the people around you to do that too? Whoa, this is getting so deep. <laughs> but I love that quote to finish up this, you know, topic of grief, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. Really think about that. When you woke up this morning and you looked in the mirror and you weren't happy with what you saw, how do you expect anyone else then to feel that way? You know, when we walk around with this chip on our shoulder and we walk around sad and depressed and we act like we don't love ourselves and then we get mad at other people for not loving us, well, how can we expect them to when we can barely love ourselves? Start putting yourself first, especially in moments of grief. Learn how to say no to other people. Learn how to stay inside and take care of yourself. Your friends will get it. Your family will get it. If you've been quiet for a few days and they're pushing you to come out or to talk to them, if you just explain that you're working on yourself and you're learning to love yourself a little bit and you need some time to kind of give yourself compassion, they'll get it. Trust me. And if they don't get it, they don't need to be in your life. So that's my fifth tip on, you know, dealing with grief and moving through grief and how we can get through this weird time in the world together. And I know that last one was really vague, practicing self-compassion, but there are, there are specific ways you can do that. Like I said, forgiveness, stop punishing yourself for making mistakes, accept that you're not perfect, be gentle with yourself. I say these things all the time, you know, practice forgiveness. If it's a bad day and you are really like I had today, you really are stuck in thinking about the future and grieving the past and wishing things were different. Forgive yourself for thinking that way. It's fine. You're fine. You will be fine. Forgive yourself for drunk FaceTiming your ex. You're fine. <laughs> you will be fine. It will be fine. Forgive yourself for that crazy night out that maybe ended a little too crazy or that crazy hangover you have the next morning. It's fine. You're going to be fine. You know, forgive yourself for embarrassing yourself on that date or getting ghosted by someone and not getting called back. It's literally fine. These are all ways of self-compassion by the way, practicing forgiveness. Another way you can practice self-compassion 
when it comes to this pandemic and grieving and, you know, just grief in general is being gratitude or being gratitude, being grateful and expressing gratitude. This one's super corny. And I know so many people who are like, Oh my God, a gratitude journal. And like you write in your gratitude journal, three things I'm grateful for every day. Like, yeah, it's funny and it's silly and it probably to the outsider sounds stupid, but if you sit down every morning and the first thing you do is write down three things you're grateful for, there's no way you're going to let negativity get into your brain when you start to open your eyes to all the things you're grateful for. And like I said in the beginning of this, these don't just happen overnight. It takes time. But the more you start to express gratitude for what you have in your life, the less you're going to grieve on your old life or things that you used to have or things that you really want that you don't have. I have a spiritual gangster sweatshirt on right now that says gratitude is so gangster. And I totally believe that. And I totally feel that because it is. Feeling grateful and feeling gratitude is so powerful. Imagine if you could wake up every morning being so thankful for what you do have and never wishing for the things that you didn't. How much easier life would be. And this brings me to my final point. Another way you can show compassion for yourself is living in a growth mindset, which goes hand in hand with gratitude. Because if you're thankful for the things around you, good attracts good and more good will come into your life the more you practice good. So one way you can be compassionate with yourself when you're experiencing grief is learning how to live in a growth mindset. Embrace challenges rather than avoid them. You know, if something's really feeling funky or something's really feeling off, how can you grow from it? How can you literally point it out to yourself? Like I said, when I was on my walk with Kai today, I physically had to stop. I had to be really mindful about my surroundings and what I was thinking and bring myself to the present moment. And I had to ask myself, how can I grow from this? How can I stop living in the past? I got to stop doing that. Or how can I stop thinking about the future and panicking about it? Everything is a growth moment. Everything is a learning opportunity, especially when it comes to health and wellness. When you have, you know, a freaky weekend or you overdo it a little too much or you have like the hangover anxieties, how can you learn from that? How can you grow from it? Maybe you don't take that extra shot of whiskey the next time when you've already taken like 12 for the night. Maybe you delete your ex-boyfriend's number on your phone so you stop drunk FaceTiming them. And these are just like random ass examples. So don't read into these. But when you're trying so hard and when you find that you're criticizing everything around you, everyone, everything, including yourself, you are like literally negatively comparing yourself with everyone else around you. Instead of doing that, what if you instead had a growth mindset and you found inspiration in the things around you? And you learn to be successful and find strengths in that, you know, so instead of, how can I spin this? (laughs) Oh, when I get on these tangents, I really lose myself. A growth mindset, learning, growing experiences, I guess, instead of, you know, being mad at yourself for something you did, learning from that and finding inspiration in it, because then you can be successful the next time you go to do it to know not to feel that way. So applying that mindset to things that make you feel not so hot. God damn, I am just going off on such such a tangent right now. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So that's it. You know, I think that made sense. And I think if you listen back to it, it'll make sense. But those are some ways. That was my final tip on dealing with grief is being self-compassionate. And it's very broad to say like, be self-compassionate. So I was just trying to give you some ways to do that. And those were expressing gratitude, you know, practicing a growth mindset and forgiving yourself. That third Lagunitas is really starting to kick in now, and I think it's time for me to go to bed. But thank you for listening to this episode. Like I said in the beginning, this was not planned at all. I just kind of wanted to talk. It was one of those weeks where I just had to talk a little bit. But we will be back next week, next Thursday. We'll have some fun things to talk about, of course, then. I like to, I ended my episode last week with Natasha, who, by the way, what a freaking hoot. I got so much positive feedback from her episode. Natasha, you are a damn queen. She is such a good follow. 10 out of 10 recommend if you don't follow her on Instagram. She's so awesome. She literally embodies wellness for the hot mess. That's why I wanted to have her on as my first guest, but she was so awesome. I loved her so much. Um, But I love how we ended the last episode with your 
I asked her what her, you know, her favorite wellness memory from 2021, 2020 was and her favorite hot mess moment. So I want to do my favorite moment in the week. So let's end it on a good note. I'll start with my hot mess moment from the week. I did a virtual, a Zoom yoga class this week with a dear friend of mine, Sharon, who I know listens. So hi, Sharon. I love you so much. But I did one of her Zoom yoga classes, which, oh my God, are the best. If you want her information, please reach out to me on Instagram. Her classes are phenomenal. I will hook you up with her so you can take her classes as well. I'll give you her information. Um, But my hot mess moment of the week was... um, (laughs) I don't know how it happened. Um, I don't know when it happened, but we were in a flow. And the way Sharon's class works is she gives you a flow to do, and then you flow to like these deep house beats, this like really good music, this playlist she gives you. It's amazing. So you just kind of close your eyes, you get into your own flow, and you move with the music. My eyes were closed for half the time, so I don't know when it happened. But at one point, I started to smell burning hair in my apartment. And I did set up a few candles and I dimmed the lights. I really wanted to get myself in a good Zen space. Um, And after class, you know, I just kind of ignored it. I probably shouldn't have ignored it, but I did. The smell went away. And after class, I was sitting down and it was Monday night. So I turned The Bachelor on and I took my hair out of my ponytail. And my, the tips of my hair were super waxy, like gross, like wax. So I smelled my hair and it was like the candle that I had burning and it smelled like candle wax and burnt hair. <laughs> I think I think at some point during the class, I must have been in like downward dog or I flipped my ponytail over or something. My hair literally caught on fire mid yoga class. And if that isn't wellness for the hot mess right there, I don't know what is. I told Sharon after class, I texted her and she was like, I think I should go back in the Zoom and watch to see if I can see where it happened. But oh my gosh, my hair literally caught on fire during a yoga class. I don't know if it's like really affected my ends. The left like side of my hair looks a little choppy. So I think it kind of messed that up a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> um, and I would say my wellness moment for the week was I, wow, I actually kind of have a lot from this week. I've been really good. Um, but I went for a run every single day this week and it's only Wednesday. So I'm going to give myself some grace, but um You'll be hearing this on a Thursday, so hopefully I would have run already. I already went for my run, but I'm really proud of myself. I'm trying to get into new routines when it comes to fitness and trying new things, and I hate, hate, hate running, Um, but I went for a run so far every day up until this point, so that's my wellness for the week. Super proud of that. That's all she got. We got super emo. We got into it, but I hope some things I said resonated with you this week. If they did, let me know. Message me on Instagram. We are officially on Apple podcast. Please listen to this episode on Apple podcast. Give it five stars. Subscribe. If you send me a screenshot of you subscribing to this episode, I will do something super special for you. People have already inboxed it and emailed it to me and showed me that they've subscribed and I've done super special things for them. So if you do subscribe, give it five stars, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Let's get wellness for the hot mess growing. Let's grow. This family will expand give it all the good reviews. And if you hated it, honestly, be honest too. Like, I don't care. Give it two stars. This is like growth moments for me. You know, all feedback is good feedback. So (laughs) that's all I've got for this week. I will see you next Thursday for another episode of wellness for the hot mess. Peace.